Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. This time out it was Liverpool at home against Aston Villa, our first home game since becoming Premier League champions and uh, I would say there was a little bit of pressure from, from the fans uh, to put on a good performance, one to celebrate the win but also two to kind of get over the the Manchester City defeat. It was it, you know, it wasn't our best performance and um, you know, we want to celebrate in style as Liverpool fans. We want to celebrate winning the league in style. We want to celebrate with goals. We want to celebrate with great performances. And um, yeah, so that's why that's why this, this game was like super important. Um, just to kind of, you know, stamp our authority down. We are the champions. You know, everyone's giving us a guard of honour uh, before the game and we need to play like, you know, we deserve that. Um, and this game was th there or thereabouts. I think the result was positive. And we've seen kind of Liverpool grind out many results like this, which is, it's so, it's such a far cry from like, you know, four, five, six seasons ago where we would, we would draw games like that. There's no way we would win. We'd draw or possibly even lose to a goal on the counter-attack or something like that. So, you know, just even seeing that progression from there is really, really great to see. Um, but yeah, you know, we've ground out so many results like this throughout the course of the season. And, and um, you know, the, the previous game against Aston Villa was very close and they showed that they were going to be stubborn defensively uh, and that they were going to cause some problems, particularly from set pieces. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, they set out very much um, to defend and defend really well, like they did. And I'll touch on kind of why I thought their defending was so good uh, a little later on in this episode. But, you know, they said they came out, they came with the game plan. It was very, very simple. Defend, compact, deep. Uh, don't allow our players to run in behind and then also gives them the opportunity to then kind of break and I probably the, the player I felt sorry for in the whole game was Keenan Davis um, he kind of I think he was kind of he was playing in that role that I think like Mikel Antonio does really well where it's just one player up front and you need him to just kind of run and just chase things down and hold the ball up when he can uh, and yeah poor guy was just you know running around the whole game pretty much got no service no decent service into him and uh, yeah had a pretty tough game but the game kind of started off um, kind of well before the game started sorry we'll go into the, the couple of changes that, that Klopp actually made and uh, looking at the team sheet before I was actually really kind of positive and, and looking forward to the to the team and the way we played based on those changes I think the mid midfield kind of needed maybe a bit of freshening up obviously we have a lot of legs in there with Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho but uh, we often sometimes miss some of that creativity um, that is needed against teams that sit deep, you know, teams like, you know, in the bottom half of the table, which we've definitely got better at uh, playing at over the seasons. Um, but, you know, it's still it's still not one of our strengths against playing with teams that, that sit deep. So I was really, really excited to see Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita because they are the kind of more risk-taking midfielders that we have in our team, the ones that will take a shot, the ones that will play that threaded pass uh, in between the midfield and, and the defence. And um, whereas kind of Henderson and Wijnaldum, yes, they can do that, but they're a lot more kind of solid um, and are kind of there more from a defensive uh, perspective rather than even uh, even than an offensive perspective. Uh, so those were kind of two changes. And the only other final change that, that Jurgen Klopp made to the team was to bring in Divock Origi instead of um, Roberto Firmino. Now, this was an interesting one. Uh, May Klopp talked about the need for rotation because of the number of games. Now, if that is the case, then I completely understand why he would switch out Firmino because, you know, because of just purely because of the amount of uh, kilometers he puts in his legs every game. But um, Origi was was not at his best today. You know, we've seen sometimes when he, when he starts in the Premier League how good of an impact he can make. The Everton game automatically springs to mind. Um, but this game, he really wasn't very good. Um, and we saw the difference 
when Firmino came on in terms of how well and and kind of how slick the play was between the front three and that transition between midfield and the attackers when Firmino came on. Um, and I'll talk a bit more about those kind of front three later on in this episode because I want to talk specifically about the drop-off between kind of our first 11 and our second 11 and just want to talk about it. I've got some thoughts on that. But throughout the game, um, particularly the first half, we were very lethargic. Uh, obviously, you know, other than those three changes, we still had the same other eight players who played against City and, and played against uh, Crystal Palace as well before that. And we were just... Um, yeah, just, the pace and intensity just just wasn't there. It was a lot of very slow build-up, sideways passing. Uh, we we were just not we were not forcing things. We we were kind of happy to to play into Villa's game plan. Um, and credit to them, they as I said at the beginning of this episode, they played really really well. The the back four were really really compact. They let the ball go out wide, particularly to Andy Robertson, um, because Mane was coming in field. There was no. You know, Andy Robertson was having a lot of space there, but he wasn't really going to cross the ball into the box because, um, you know, the, there's pretty much all four um, Aston Villa defenders were, were were within the width of the of the penalty area, so he wasn't going to cross the ball, um, and it just meant we had to play it back and sideways, and uh, we kind of just got into that kind of rut. Sometimes we get into where we're not really forcing anything, and um, yeah, we, we kind of just, we were just we were just very lethargic, um, and when we weren't really creating anything, and that kind of carried into the second half. Uh, particularly in the first like 10-15 minutes, it was very much more of the same. Uh, trying, you know, players like Saudi Amani coming deeper to pick the ball up, trying to, to instigate something. But um, as much as we were kind of lethargic, I do have to give a lot of credit to Aston Villa. They've um, they've been pretty poor, particularly on the road this season. But today they're really good, and uh, maybe you know they're just a team we struggle against. You know what happened in the game earlier this season in in November. But the three subs um, that. Jurgen Klopp made to replace the three changes he made at the beginning were for me the kind of changing point in the game I've talked a load in in the let's talk Liverpool episodes go and check out pretty much every one where um uh where I talked about how the particularly the midfield when Henderson and Wijnaldum are there how it gives our team balance uh and that's exactly what we got when um when they did come on with Wijnaldum kind of on the right hand side of midfield as opposed to the left hand side which he's normally on um, but that didn't make too much of a difference because Keita was was still kind of uh, playing a very very similar similar role in a kind of similar position to what Wijnaldum would play, um, and that kind of that balance in the midfield really helped um, I think uh, connect that the midfield and the attack, which I thought were quite dis- like they were quite separate in the first half. Um, and I think Firmino helped with that as well because he does he does drop deep and he acts as the the kind of almost number 10 playmaker getting the ball into Sadio Mane, Mo Salah or one of the fullbacks making, you know, a run out the outside. Um, and we finally broke the deadlock uh, with a great pass. It was the first time we talked about penetrating passes, um, about how a lack of penetrating passes, but this was one of one of the times where it was actually a great penetrating pass by Trent into Naby Keita, who was kind of in the inside left channel on the penalty box. And it was able to kind of square the ball across goal. And, and Sadio Mane, nipping in right in front of his defender, was able to uh, just slot the ball into, into the roof of the net, came off the crossbar. And um, yeah, after that, it was a great finish, very smart finish. And after that, you could just tell that the players were relieved. Um, they were just passing the ball more freely. They were making runs uh, where they maybe weren't making runs in the first half. And um, for me, that just showed why getting an early goal, particularly for Liverpool, is super important. We take the Crystal Palace game, for example, is once we get that first goal and we have that lead, we then begin to express ourselves a lot more. 
um, and you actually get to see kind of the Liverpool that uh, you know we all know and love and has been so successful over the past couple of seasons. Uh, and when we do kind of have to grind away results, uh, we have been getting those results this season, but it just everything just seems like such hard work, which is why um, early goals, particularly for us, um, are, are super, super important. Uh, and then towards the end of the game, Curtis Jones came on. Um, uh, great to see him get a goal as well. It was a great little kind of cross to the far post. I think it was by Andy Robertson. Salah just nodding the ball back into Curtis Jones. And uh, I think his strike got a little flick off uh, Tyron Mings, I think it was, but went past Pepe Reina. And it was great to see him score. Great to see young players um, come one coming into the Liverpool team give, being given a chance but then also you know taking that chance we saw his goal against Everton in the FA Cup earlier this season uh, we saw another goal from him his first Premier League goal obviously uh, congratulations to Curtis Jones as well for signing his new uh, five-year deal it was really great and promising to see that that a young player like that wants to commit his future uh, to Liverpool because he you know he obviously knows or has been told that he's going to expect more game time and things like that which is great to see because um, he has already shown in, in you know the limited time we've seen him at top fly football that he is uh, a really really good quality player so that was the game really uh, Aston Villa kind of tried at the end to, to kind of push forward but but once the first goal went in you kind of, you kind of saw their heads drop and, and their kind of game plan went a bit out of the window um, and unfortunately for them, they've still got a, a very tough battle to see whether they can escape relegation. Uh, the other kind of point I wanted to mention, which I talked about earlier, was around our second string lineup. So we saw Divock Origi um, start today and we saw the drop off in performance, particularly in the front three positions. Um, and I'm super glad this week has been announced that I think the African Cup of Nations is going to be postponed for next year, uh, given everything going on with COVID-19. Uh, and that makes me super happy. I think the odds of us and the chances of us retaining the title are so much greater now, knowing that that Mane and Salah won't be going for you know possibly up to four or five weeks to play in the African Cup of Nations. K to two as well as part of that, and maybe even Joel Matip. I'm not sure whether he's retired or not yet from um, international football, but I think we, we've talked about this. But the drop off, I think, in all positions between our first eleven and our second eleven is is much bigger than I think Klopp would like it. We saw even with midfield, you know, Oxley chamberlain and Cater, two very, very good players, very expensive players, players who have proven themselves. But we saw today, you know, we're just, we're not the same kind of fluid team that we are when we have the, the balance of Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Um, and I think it's something that Klopp definitely is aware of and and hopefully we'll be looking to address um, in the in the summer. And I don't think it's huge, expensive players that we need to buy as part of that because you've got to understand that these players also are going to be kind of second choice players they're not going to be the first choice players um uh, and they have to kind of accept that right um but uh, they still have to be good enough that when they get called into the team they can still do a really really good job um and they can kind of show they can they can make an impact into the game right that that's kind of that's kind of the that's kind of the main thing we need we need players who can impact games both when they come off the bench but also when they're needed from the start that they can help break down those te- break down the teams um, that we play against, particularly the ones that sit deep, and uh, you know they they can just make a, gr- a great contribution to the game. So I'm going to end the episode today, guys, like I always do with a shout out to Klopp. Uh, and the shout out to Klopp this week for me is is about Naby Keita, and so much promise about him. I really, really do like him, and I, I really want to see him play more and continue to play more game time. Which is why the shout out to Klopp uh, from this episode is going to be to keep giving Keita playtime. We've I've talked about the balance of the midfield and, and Henderson. Wijnaldum and Fabinho but Keita really does give that kind of attacking spark that those three don't give 
Um, and it'll be really, really... I, I want to see him get more game time. I think the more he plays, the better he'll gel with the players and the team and things like that. So uh, it'd be great to see him have more game time. But that's it, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you on the next one.